0: or tell that person in high school how much you liked them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decision or moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened.
1: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host.
0: My guest today is Amber Venzbox. Amber is the co-founder and president of LTK, the ultimate shopping experience for discovering products across fashion, beauty, home, lifestyle, and more. Born in Dallas, Amber conceptualized and launched Reward Style at the age of 23 as a solution to monetize her fashion blog. Her experience in almost every niche of the fashion industry provided a unique perspective in crafting the tools that would pioneer and fuel the global success of LTK. Ten years on, it is a leading technology platform that powers creator commerce for over 5,000 brands and 150,000 global influencers and has just announced $300 funding from SoftBank, making Amber one of America's richest self-made women. Amber has been named Forbes 30 Under 30, Inc. Magazine's most influential millennials, and is a member of the Business of Fashion's 500. If that wasn't enough, she is also a full-time mum to her four beautiful children, and still finds time to create her own fashion and lifestyle content on the LTK app. Living in Dallas, Amber is married to Baxter, who she co-founded Reward Style with, and they continue to be the ultimate example of a power couple. Having achieved so much in her life so far, I cannot wait to delve into Amber's life and discuss all the moments that got her to where she is today. So welcome to Sliding Doors, Amber. Ginny, thank you for having me here. Oh, I'm so, I'm really excited for this one. More because we get to just have a good chat, but it's also just lovely to see you. And- I guess we met about five years ago. Um, I had the pleasure of working for you for four years. And first of all, just massive congratulations on the amazing news that kind of with the new investment that you've got for LTK, it's just amazing. And I guess I wanted to start by, for people that don't know what LTK is, do you wanna give us a bit of kind of like the small pitch rundown of what LTK is? For sure. You know, I grew up
2: wanting to work in the fashion industry always, and I worked on all sides of it. Um, I didn't know where I would land. And so I started out wanting to be a celebrity stylist, and then I thought I wanted to work in wholesale. And I worked in retail all through college and beyond. And I had my own jewelry line and personal shopping business. And I got a PR degree. So truly all sides of the <laughs> yeah. business. Um, and ultimately um, I loved doing personal shopping. And so that's where I got to earn a commission on the things that people purchased from me. And I would pull from stores all over my town. So yeah. whether it was a big box store or boutique, and I had negotiated a commission rate with them, just like a salesperson.
0: So
2: of. you know, I launched a blog in 2010, to really show people what it was like to work with me, because I felt like the concept of personal shopping was intimidating or maybe perceived as something for an affluent customer. And so I wanted to simplify it for everyone and to share it online. Yeah. And that was at a time when um, people didn't really have websites. E-commerce wasn't totally prevalent at the time. Um the word blog or blogger was not a part of common vernacular. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was just creating a place where people could get to know me. Yeah. And I found out pretty quickly that what I launched was actually a shopping blog (laughs) and that my time poor clients found it much more efficient to actually come to my blog than to book me. And so within months I'd cut myself out of my own business and I needed to essentially move my offline business online. I was doing the same service, but just doing it, um, you know, online. And so we launched LTK as a way for me and my friends to make money online as shopping bloggers. And today, LTK is a creator commerce platform and shopping app where creators have their digital storefronts. And so they've expanded their offering to really give a focused experience for their customers who come to shop. And it's a platform that's 100% dedicated to creator-guided shopping. Mm
1: -hmm. And what
2: I mean by that is creators hold no inventory, they ship no boxes, do no customer care but they're actually curating and merchandising the products they use in their own lives and then making that shopping experience efficient and successful for their followers by making it all actionable um, on the LTK platform.
0: Amazing. I mean, you've summed it up extremely well. I wouldn't expect anything less, but I guess um, you, I think what, the point that you made as well as is, is that I think one reason that I was always endeared by like reward style and kind of working at reward style in that whole industry was is you and I think your story of kind of being that person on the ground you didn't just have an idea you were living it you know you were you know giving people all these ideas of things to buy and you were essentially being a marketer for retailers but not getting any of the benefits and that's kind of like where the whole idea came from.
2: Exactly. It was very much my lived real life experience. And when people ask, you know, well, how was the blog similar to what you were doing as a retail sales girl? Because I worked in retail sales, um, you know, on the floor as a shop girl for almost 10 years. And um, I'll give you an example of like how that experience really came to life online for me. I would, um, I was a top salesperson, and I would always wait till someone came in and chose something. They would touch something first. I wanted to see what they were interested in. And then I would approach them at that point and say, Oh, do you like those jeans? Well, did you know that Kate Beckinsale wore those jeans? And then, you know, Kate, she actually rolls them like this and, um, Oh, she wears them with these tennis shoes. So did you, do you have tennis shoes like that? Oh, okay. Well they run small. So let me go get them in your size and okay. I'll get that. Okay. Your t-shirt you have on is perfect. Oh. And you know, Kate does her hair on top of the ponytail and she wears these special elastics. You can give them at any drugstore, but I have one. Let me just give you mine for a minute and I'd fix their hair. And you know, they would have come in knowing that they were drawn to this pair of denim, but now they left feeling like Kate Beckinsale and like head to toe, had full (laughs) confidence. And I will tell you, you know, being a shop girl is not a super lucrative career choice, Mm -hmm. but it was emotionally very fulfilling because I would see people who came in and I get to share my passion with them and then also give them confidence. And they became my friends and they cared about the things I cared about because I was such a savant about studying fashion. Mm -hmm. And when I launched my blog, I didn't think it was going to be the same thing at all. But actually what I found was I was still just saying like, hey, all the celebrities are wearing these jeans and this is how you style them. This is where exactly. you get the good feel and the, these shoes and they run small and, and actually getting feedback of, you know, people writing in and commenting and um, and really truly building community. And as an introvert, that sort of like even still one-to-one like exchange um, around a shared passion is still very emotionally satisfying to me. And now it's just online.
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely. And it's, again, I think. For people to hear the story of where everything has come from is so relatable for everybody because we've all felt that way before. And I guess when was the act do you remember the actual moment where you were like, I'm gonna start reward style? I do.
2: We so I had started this blog, I had been getting press on my blog, my newsletter was growing. Um I you know, it was such a novelty that it was something that people knew me by. And yeah. so I was excited about the blog, but had really, truly cut myself out of my, my shopping business. And I was living at home with my dad and I wanted to be on my own. I had graduated from college. I wanted to have my own apartment and be supporting myself. And um, I had started dating Baxter and um, he said, you know, I see what has happened. You have bought this expensive website and you're paying yeah. a photographer to work for you. And you're spending a lot of your time here. Um, do you want to keep doing this? And I really did. It fed me in a way that was unique from the other experience that I I had. Um, And so he was like, if you do, I think that we can come up with something together. And so I remember we went for a walk and we took our dog and truly walked a couple blocks to Starbucks, very American of us. Um, (laughs) And on the way there, he said, okay, anything's possible. Rainbows, unicorns, nothing is like held back. How do you make money on this blog? And I was like, well, I'm just doing the same thing. I'm just, but now I'm doing it for free. I'm not getting paid for it. So if I could just earn a commission when people purchase things, the way I do offline today, my personal shopping business, that's, that works well for me. That seems to work Mm -hmm. for the retailers. It works well for me. It works well for my clients. Um, and so we just started thinking, okay, well, how can we make that happen? And I remember sitting down at the little bar area at, at Starbucks and, um, on the stool. And he was like, well, what is this concept called? And, I always named things very literally. And I just said, well, I think it's called Reward Style because if you have great taste and people buy things, that's when you'll make money. And so we'll call it Reward Style. And we looked, um, and the the name, by the way, has um, obviously evolved. So we launched as Reward Style, which was a B2B company. um, Mm -hmm. And then we expanded um, B2B to C in 2017 when we launched our consumer shopping app. And um, the shopping app was initially called Like to Know It. And we then um, really evolved as an organization and, but our, our brand names were fracturing. And so we decided to go by our common name and by the acronym LTK, um, which is what we were kind of casually called by others. And we assumed that name for the entirety of the business.
0: Yeah. It's so incredible. Cause I guess like, do you ever really sit back and be like, I create all this? Cause I don't, I mean, I've, there's lots, there's an amazing video of you where you're painting the reward style logo on a wall and you're in your first small office. I mean, now, the whole empire that you've created is just incredible. Do you ever really kind of take the time to sit back and be like, God, if I think about that Amber in the shop, would I have ever imagined this was possible?
2: You know, the the thing that happened, um, I, I'm still and have always been a, the same very gritty person, meaning like I just persevere and I, I am mm-hmm. very... Um, Headstrong might be a word. Like I have a vision, and like it is going to be that vision. Yeah. And I think what changed is I've been that way throughout my life, and I've had other businesses before this company. Um, but having Baxter as my partner changed everything because Baxter is the person who understood how to bring that vision to life, um, yeah. very like tactically. And so his engineering background and his you know finance background, he really understood um, how we could actually push the limits and scale the business and, um, and invest. And I remember even from the earliest of days, I was, you know, again, still living at home. And he was like, we're going to, we're going to launch this business and we're going to open an office. And I was like, Baxter, I don't get paid. How are we, (laughs) why would we open an office when I don't even get paid? And he was like, because we need an office to hire people. And I was like, we're hiring other people. (laughs) I was like, I'm still living at home. I have $200 in my bank account. Truly (laughs) like this. What do you mean? Um, and, and we did, and I was always just like, I was a little, I was nervous. I was like, it just, it didn't make sense to me. Like the math just didn't make sense. And he's like, look, my projections show that like, we can do this actually. And so, um, we did, and you know, he's always been one that's, you know, um, conservative financially. We've, we've always been a family owned and operated business. And I think we're very, um, others would, would note that we were conservative in the way that we ran the business, but we knew that it was going to be like self finance, and that we were going to yeah. need to be able to just reinvest off of our own growth. And so, um, you know, maniacally focused on that, but like every dollar has been re, re, been reinvested back in the business for the last decade. And so we've been able to grow in that way, but I very much credit Baxter with, um, being the missing cog, um, to actually, you know, bring this to life. And it certainly is very much like my lived experience and what we're putting online, but, um, It does not go without the credit to now 400 people worldwide who are every day pouring their heart and soul. And I think what you mentioned earlier is, you know, we had the privilege of working together for so many years. And, you know, you said part of the reason you were here is the mission. And that's actually, I really believe why we get um, such incredible people that Mm -hmm. just give such discretionary effort and looking and thinking around corners is because that mission of helping creators to be as economically successful as possible um, is very tangible in our organization. Um, it's not something we put on a wall. It's, it's what we do and how we act and how we invest. And so that becomes, you know, the truth and integrity of that mission mm-hmm. becomes, I think, um, you know, captivating and exciting. And so it's, it has taken an army of people who have that shared vision.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think especially being like a woman, in the working world, you are such an inspiration because not only do you do all of this, but you've also got four children. Um, I mean, every time Amber used to say, you know, I'm having another baby, that's maybe not another one, there'd be another baby and another baby. And, you know, it's, it's really important, I think, for women to see women in high positions doing everything that they love and not having to sacrifice. And do you feel like that's always been a really big part of your messages? Cause you are such a family person as well as like running an empire
2: you know, I learned a big lesson in the in the beginning of our business. And I would say not just I like Baxter and I together. And that was, we had been dating for a couple of years before we started this company. And then we were running it for many years, you know, dating while we were getting this going. And I think we dated for about six and a half years before we got married. And I felt like the goalposts were always moving. It was like, once we hired this person, then we can think about getting married and kind of quote, starting our life. And then, oh, well, once we finish finished this fundraiser, once we launched this product or, and it was always work oriented and the goalposts were constantly moving. And that was very frustrating to me.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
2: once we got married, I think we just collectively said like, We're not going to create our life around our business anymore. We're going to create our life and simultaneously grow our business. And so we, um, just, you know, we, we knew that we wanted a large family. And so I will say, I, I really knew that I knew I wanted at least three kids if it was possible. Yeah. And I never told the team that because I didn't want to scare anyone. <laughs> yeah. So every time I had a child, I would just say, you know, for better or worse, and just like, Oh yeah, now know, you know, Birdie's coming along. And I, I would demonstrate that to the team. I mean, she truly, I mean, you know, you were there. We, yeah. we took her to Dubai. We took her, I mean, we took her all over the world. Everywhere. She was with us yeah. everywhere Um, because I wanted to show the team that it didn't change my commitment, but yeah. that I was still going to, you know, simultaneously be, be building my family. And then once we had, um, you know, pregnant with a third, I was like, oh, no more. I promise. In the back of my mind, I was like, for sure there's another one, but I don't want to scare them (laughs) off. Um, but you know, we were able to make it happen and I, it's, it's such a crazy wild time just having children anyway, that, um, you know, and it all went pretty quickly that we're, we're definitely in the deep end, but, um, you know, we waited out there quickly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But you're right. It's so important to be someone when you're leading a company and leading by example and showing, you know, like bringing your kids along with you and showing that you can do stuff because it's it's the realness of everything. And I think you also then promote that people within the business can do the same thing. And I think right now in today's society, it's so important to do that. So before we talk about your sliding doors moments, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts around the concept of sliding doors? So do you believe in fate? Do you believe in right place, right time, coincidence, timing? What are kind of your thoughts around the theory?
2: You know, I realized in college that um, your reputation starts as early as like kindergarten. And I say that having lived in different cities, but it was so surprising to me once I got to college, all the, the network and the people that knew of me or were two people apart, you know, it's that degrees of separation Mm -hmm. and you know, they'd say, Oh, I knew Amber. I knew I went to third grade with Amber, or I went to church with Amber when she lived in this other city, or I went and I was like, all the versions of Amber are with me here at college and they're, they're following me. And I never thought that the person that I was during those periods would ever matter in my adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very grateful that my parents, um, you know, instilled a, a strong set of values in us to where that was fine that they knew me back then. Cause I was actually, you know, not doing crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think that in a lot of my sliding doors moment I actually come circled back to just that kind of like who you are, who you attract. Um, it's, you're kind of, I've heard before, you're sort of the, the sum of the people that you, you know, hang around with. And I say that as an introvert, (laughs) Um, (laughs) not hanging out with a lot of people. Um, but, but still it's, you kind of attract that same type of person and we can all look around our lives and see like, yeah, like I, I like similar minded people to me. Um, you know, I was just thinking yesterday, like I was at lunch with a woman who, um, is a, an accomplished attorney and she's a friend of mine. And I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of groups of women in my town and I've noticed the clumps or, you know, there's the, like the professional clump and then there's, you know, the stay at home mom clump and I'm oversimplifying, but you kind of find yeah. people who are doing the things that you're doing. And so, um, I, but I, but I, I think it all comes back to honestly reputation because I, I count so many of my opportunities based on, um, you know, the, being able to, to point back to that.
0: Yeah. And I think you're so right because again, I think that people fall in love with you and your story. And I think that reputation that you have built has probably built all the opportunities that have come along the way that have kind of made you decide what to do when you do have to make a decision. Do you go with your gut or do you kind of go with your like head or heart? Which one are you? Oh gosh.
2: You know what? Um I'm so heart, Baxter's so head. And so we (laughs) each get to be like the, yeah, the total end um, of each one. I am, I say that knowing I I am actually pretty rational thinker, but I think what we're doing here is we've really built such a brand new space that, that when people have come in and say, oh, well, we just want to, you know, we want to test things in the product and we just want to see how the, how they react. I'm like, no, they don't know what they want. I am telling you the vision is this. You're not going to test your way into that. It doesn't exist today. I need you to build (laughs) something completely new. So I guess in that way, um, it's you know, heart and vision, I guess is what I'd
0: say. And then, yeah.
2: but, but when it comes to form or function, I'm very much form and Baxter is very much function.
0: Okay, good. Well, that's why it works so well. And that actually leads very nicely onto your first sliding doors moment. So it's how you met Baxter. So you said you were offered a baby to babysit some friends, um, kids for New Year's Eve so that she could go out and you got introduced to Baxter and you realized that you'd both grown up a block apart, but never knew each other. So I love this moment because I didn't know that this moment even existed. Existed. So that's one thing. Um, and the fact that like, as you've said, like Baxter and you were like the vision behind everything that's created. So do you want to explain then how did you actually meet and what happened that night? Yeah.
2: So I worked at that retail store I mentioned for many, many years. And there was a woman who worked there um, for a few of those years. And she um, was recently a single mom and she had these two girls and I was supposed to be going to a new year's Eve party and I was going with just a guy friend, but all my friends were going to this party, but he had gotten us the tickets. Yeah. And when, uh, the day actually the night before he called and said, I actually was just offered to go to Iceland. I am going to Iceland, but, <laughs> but these tickets are on my desk and you can go get them and take whoever you like, like have fun at the party. So the next day I, I got ready. I went over to his house, knocked on the door. Of course, he's not there. Door's not open. Windows aren't open. His roommate's not there. His roommate's also out of town. And so I can see these tickets in his room oh, and God. I cannot get to them. Oh. And so then I thought, well, maybe there's some on eBay. And I went to eBay and I looked around. There was no tickets there. And um, and this was 2008 or uh, New Year's Eve, 2007, around mm-hmm. that time. Um And... So I kind of ultimately gave up. None of my friends had extra tickets. I couldn't get there. And I thought of the woman that I worked with and I was like, you know what? It's so hard to get a babysitter on new year's Eve. And I bet that's a struggle, you know, anyway, so I will, I'm not doing anything. I'll just go over and offer to babysit her kids and she can meet up and go out with her friends. And so I came over to her house. I was, you know, truly dressed and she was like, Amber, oh, you, you were ready to go. to go. Oh, I was ready to go to this oh, party. I thought okay. I was going to this party. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I showed up at her house and I told her, I was like, Hey, I'm here to babysit. You go have fun be with your friends. I, I, I don't have plans. And, yeah. um, and she was like, well, tell me about this party. Like, maybe I can help you. What is it you're trying to go to? And when I explained it to her, she said, Oh my gosh, my nephew actually, um, it's his friends that are throwing the party. Like, I'm sure we can get you in. And so she called him um, and he had some extra tickets that he had purchased and wasn't using. And so she connected us and I actually went, um, drove over to his house, got there, bought the tickets from him. Um, and at the, at the event, he was actually, he was there with somebody else. And I already I thought, I thought that it was a date anyway. Yeah. And so I kind of didn't pay much attention to him. And then we, um, he called and actually, asked me to dinner on voicemail. People used to leave voicemails, you know, back in the day. And (laughs) I didn't return the call because I thought that he was there with a girl. And I was like, well, you were just on a date with someone else. Like, I think I'll just stay away from that. And so, um, didn't see him until May. And I was back out with his, that same aunt, um, and met up with them just kind of for cocktails. And, and he was there and we just have never left each other's side ever since.
0: It's amazing. So when you saw him at the party, what was like your first, like, was it like you were looking at each other? Like what what was the vibe when you were there?
2: You know, I, I totally thought that he was on a date with someone else and I was, I was so, I was completely single, but like very happily single. And that like, just kind of, it was a moment of, it was a chapter of my life where, um, I, you know, it had been, some time had passed since my previous relationship and I was just like doing well, you know what I mean? And so I was just like in a good place and I was just talking to a bunch of people and talking to his friends. I met some of his friends who were there when I came over to kind of say thank you to him and ended up talking to them. And, um, I didn't really think much of it.
0: We're our best selves then though, because it's like when you don't care, like, I feel like that's when people get that attraction to you because you're like, Oh, look at that girl. She just doesn't care.
2: Truly. I had had time to heal. And so I was just like, yeah, in, in a good place, and it's not hard to get to. I mean, it is hard to get to that good place
0: um, sometimes in our lives, but yeah. it was it was definitely timed right. Yeah, and you said that you kind of you live near each other. Did, had you really never ever crossed paths before until then?
2: Truly, so he graduated high school when I came into high school. So he's a few years older than me, and we he lived a street over, um, and I knew his sister, um, but she was older than me as well. I just knew of her. And I actually didn't know that she had a brother or anything about her. So it's just like I knew of the family, but like I never had a personal relationship and I didn't know he existed.
0: Oh, my God. I love this. So, I mean, you've mentioned how like instrumental Baxter kind of was for like the business. And obviously he's the father of your children. So, you know, more than one thing. But I guess and I know it's not nice to think about, but do you ever think about what happens if you hadn't have met Baxter? Because I guess, you know, if you'd, if you hadn't have got the tickets, if you hadn't, you know, if you you should have made you babysit that night, you probably wouldn't have gone and you wouldn't have seen him there. And who knows if you'd have bumped into him again. So do you think about how different your life would have been?
2: You know, it's, it's crazy. I guess you, I guess this is sort of what you asked in the beginning. And uh, in this specific situation, I would say it feels so God ordained. Like, I don't know how else to say it, where like I had this like very specific thing that I was very very deeply obsessed with and a personality type that is able to be fully committed to one thing. I think it's part of just who I am like as an introvert and then also just being like totally in love with this craft yeah and then his skill set is an engineer and with his finance degree and his also like shared interest in entrepreneurship and also being a little bit of an introvert himself yeah um, and it's like Ltk could not have it all happened without the both of us together. Totally. And so, and I think about how this is, it's just so much bigger than me and how I feel very responsible to our creators because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't just, you know, helping me to make money on a blog. There's now, um, Inc. just released yesterday, an article about how we now have um, created 130 female millionaires just from the LTK platform alone. Wow. And I think about, you know, and, and there's thousands of women just behind them whether they're kind of, you know, near that or whether they are, you know, this is a supplementary income. And so to be able to steward, um, you know, their professional lives in a way and, and have like to be part of their story is it's just so much more meaningful than anything that I could have done on my own. So it it feels... Um, like I was kind of chosen for something.
0: Yeah. And it definitely was meant to be. And I believe in all that stuff, because as you say, you both, even when you were describing when, you know, you had the idea and the way that even the way that Baxter spoke to you to kind of get out for you, like what do you actually want? And like, I think it's, it's so rare and unique to find two people that can not only be business partners, but be married and kind of have all this success. And I, I just think it's brilliant. And I think that, you know, it, it doesn't come around that often. So you, I I definitely think this was a fate moment. I'm just going to put it out there yes, 100%. <laughs> um, so your second moment is... Um, a Maverick meeting in San Francisco, which you didn't think was a big meeting, but then um, they led your series A investment. So explain how kind of this was a sliding doors moment for you. What kind of did you think the meeting was about? And then how did it kind of change everything?
2: Yeah. Well, we decided that we were ready to raise money. And so we had been bootstrapped for five years and it felt like you know, we had so many ideas of where we, we knew there was opportunity for our clients, um, but we didn't have the organic dollars to be able to invest. And so we went um, to start to kind of meet some different investor groups and start to talk to them. And there were groups that were more um, obvious, I guess is mm-hmm. what I would say, that, that we had been spending time with. And this was a relationship through Baxter's father, um, that was an introduction and the way it was set up for me was, you know, it's a friend of Baxter's family. We're out here. Let's go see him anyway. And, um, but you know, the, the gentleman we were meeting with, um, has a medical background and that's really where, um, you know, they were investing. Yeah. And so when we walked to the meeting, I'm thinking, okay, it's kind of on the end of our trip on the end of our tour. Um, and I was just not. I was very comfortable, and like very. the
0: pressure was off
2: pressure was totally off, which yeah. is also a huge thing too yeah, massive you know, not stiff at all and so walked in the room and very casually at the table just explained it like I would explain it to my mom or my dad and just kind of what we we're doing it was really relaxed because I didn't think that it had a chance of going anywhere um and then ultimately um you know the the leader of the fund said yes, like the answer is yes to this um You're and like, yeah. So it was a, it was an amazing moment um, because we, you know, they led our series A and that was a, a huge moment for us and our really small team. And we got to do a lot of things much faster um, and we're super grateful to them. And, you know, they're still on our board and um, they've been a great partner to us.
0: And do you think if you did like known it was as big as it was, the kind of like would, I mean, I know you said, like, we all say this, like when the pressure's off, we relax. And I think we're our true selves. And again, I think our passion comes out sometimes a bit more. Do you think you would have been a bit different if you hadn't have had that pressure taken off?
2: I think probably. And also because it was at kind of the end of this tour in San Francisco, I'd also had like practice rounds, you know? Yeah. Um, So everyone I met with before is like I had, I had, you know, caught their questions and Baxter and I had time to debrief about like what that meant and how the appropriate response. And, um, so it was essentially like kind of, it was at a practiced state and at a very casual and comfortable state. And I feel like I was just having a conversation with someone just kind of telling them about what I did. And so it yeah. wasn't nearly as formal, but I guess now in both of these sliding door scenario, it was, um, you know, both things that were at times of my life, whether it was a time of the week or of the day or of the year or whatever, that, uh, was just, you know, feeling confident and not, Not
0: nervous. And meant to be, really. Mm Because I guess how much did that investment change reward style at the time? Like it must have been instrumental.
2: It was. So 2015 was really a turning point for us. Um, Around that time, South by Southwest, um, the interactive portion, which is the technology portion, asked us to do a a keynote And on the same day and immediately after um, President Obama had spoken. And the whole thing was tell the world what bloggers are, why they're important, how they impact the retail ecosystem and marketing. And um, it was around that time, too, that, you know, that point of validation it's interesting with investment. I have so many deep thoughts on investment. <laughs> but it, it is one of the best things about an investment is that there are a lot of bad things about investment. But one of the good things is that it is really market validation. So yeah. when now when you go out to talk to people, they see, oh, this they're funded. It's Someone believes effect. in this. Someone yeah. has vetted them. Exactly. And so it was kind of the, the beginning of that. And it was also the beginning of thinking differently. I think, you know, um, they always challenged us to... Think bigger, be more critical um, of ourselves and of our staff and to aim higher. And um, there was a a, a lot of big growth years that came with actually hiring more and more um, mature leadership. And I think that was one of the biggest changes and honestly is, um, you know, on its face is a big change, but like deeply within the organization really transformed Mm -hmm. our organization.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned there about like timing so you said like you know just something that happened on that day and I was confident do do you believe in that aspect of stuff sometimes do you believe that you know we could go to a meeting one day and be like amazing on our game and then literally go to another day and it can just all fall apart like do do you believe that that can happen does it happen to you
2: oh totally I've Yes. I mean, within two days in a row, I can have, you know, a press interview that I literally do not miss a beat or a word. And it is like Mm -hmm. a perfect interview. And then the next day I've got what I call too many tabs open. And maybe some things happened that morning that flustered me, or there's something going on or an open issue that I need to deal with. And I will stumble all over myself. And it's even a softer ball, you know, thing. I think there's, it's all about kind of what's going on, you know, At the time, honestly. Exactly.
0: You know. And how do you deal with things? Like when you feel like you haven't been on your A game, what's kind of your ritual to kind of get yourself back back with your head in the game?
2: Yeah. Baxter always asks me, well, how are we going to fix that? Cause he can tell when something's like bothering me or when I'm upset and, or just kind of off and he'll say, okay, what's going on? Well, what's the root of that? And then he kind of double clicks, double clicks, double clicks into it's like, okay, well, how are we going to solve that? And then we always are solutioning. So he, his, he's been great in teaching me. of always trying to figure out like, what's the actual problem that you're trying to solve, whether it's a personal emotional problem or a, a business professional problem. Um, and once you can get down to like the real thing that you're trying to solve mm-hmm. and then is just, you know, make a plan to go do that.
0: Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I'd love to be around the dinner table with you and Baxter and hear <laughs> all the things that you talk about. Because I mean, you truly are. You just complement each other so much and it's brilliant that you can both be that support system for each other. Um, so onto your last moment. And again, I love this one because it, it really reminds me of a bit of like a film moment. So meeting some engineers on a crosswalk in Austin, um, you then acquired their tech and launched the LTK app. And the LTK app was a massive turning point for you. So um, again, I can just imagine you guys walking across the crosswalk Walk, eyes connecting. So it probably didn't happen like that. Explain kind of why you were in Austin and how did you connect with this kind of like group of engineers?
2: And you know what's funny with all of these moments is in the moment, on the face of the moment, they felt very insignificant. Yeah. So, you know, they always do that. Totally. You know, yeah. sitting in that room in San Francisco felt very insignificant. And, um, you know, meeting Baxter that day felt very insignificant. And then, you know, also this, so I was speaking at South by, and then I, I spoke at like a satellite event. There was a smaller event and I was out crossing the crosswalk and these boys came up to me. I'm calling boys because, you know, engineers, t-shirts, yeah. <laughs> young. And, um, I mean, they're my age, but I, you know, whatever. And so we're crossing the crosswalk and they kept, they're like, Hey, you know, we have this thing and we want to talk to you and we have this technology and, um, I was like, okay, and kind of stood there for a minute. I listened to what they're telling me. I was like, okay, well send me an email. And so they sent an email and on the face of it, I was like, Hmm, that's not what we're doing at all. And that's like not interesting to where we're going. And you had your vision and like, exactly. And it was probably two months later that something changed. And I was like, you know what, actually that those guys that we met I was like, if we applied their technology like this in this other way, because they were doing something different with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, if we applied it like this, then that's what we need right now. And also those guys built an app and we don't yeah. have a team to build an app. And if we buy them, they can turn their app into our app. <laughs> um, and Win-win. so it kind of all made sense. And like, it was truly months later, like they probably thought that like, Totally. It was over like that. We were not at all interested in on candidly. I wasn't interested for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then when we called them back, um, I remember we were like, we it just, the decision had been made candidly. Like we yeah. just, we wanted them it really didn't matter what they said because I knew what their tech was, um, and so we did our diligence on that to make sure that it was, in fact, what we thought it was. And we brought them down into our office, and uh, we wanted to, you know, show them that this was like the right home. And they stayed with us for many years, and and launched the LTK app in its first iteration, um, and were really a step up for us in the type of engineering talent that we had.
0: Yeah, and how revolutionary was acquiring their tech? Because as you say, like. I guess you needed a bit of time to think about how it could work, but, you know, launching the LTK app, how much did that change the business for you? Critically.
2: um, We knew that we needed to continue to future-proof our creators' businesses. And at the time there was starting to become a lot of social platforms. So when we launched the business, there was just blogs. And the way you got traffic to blogs, um, you know, SEO was honestly such a new term to, to bloggers that that yeah. wasn't really part of the original thought. It was more of like we use Twitter and use Facebook to drive back to it. There used to be Facebook groups that were business pages that used to mm-hmm. exist <laughs> that people would use to do that. Um, and then, you know, Pinterest came about and that was like 2012 and then 2013 was Instagram. And we had a, um, a newsletter that was a technology enabled newsletter, um, where you could register for a service, like a photo and get an email to your inbox. Yep, and that was I remember. Him, like to know it. Um, and we saw that that was, it was growing really quickly. Like there was a real thirst by consumers to be able to get to those products immediately. And then snap became really popular. And yeah. as snap was becoming popular, like we were like, wow, this is different because what we saw over this period was the move from desktop to mobile, And then from mobile into this sort of walled garden concept. And then Snap was like completely closed mobile social. And so we thought, wow, they're going to keep being new platforms is one thing. They're going to keep being not commerce oriented. Um, and not built for that. They're built for entertainment, but our shopping bloggers need to be able to take people shopping in a really seamless way. Yeah. And so we felt like for the future of our creators businesses, they needed to own their own shopping destination. So whatever platform happened next, they could grow audience there. They could entertain there, but they would always have something to point back to and something that grew with them over time. And that was every theirs. single day, yeah. exactly. And every single day they, when they launched a piece of content, it was a building block to building their their business and building mm-hmm. their towers. And that their towers should be a lot taller than they would be if that content was ephemeral or not able to be found. And so we wanted to launch the app um, and we wanted to do it pretty quickly because Snap was gaining momentum. And we are like, well, here's the next platform and yeah. we're not prepared for it yet. Um, and so the and now, now about half, sometimes more than half of the sales that um, are generated by our creators are coming through the app. It's amazing, And so versus, you know, every other single social platform. So it has become such a meaningful piece of their business, but not just their business. Um, you know, I like to say that our creators, their retailers power partners, because they are a tech enabled partner that is l- truly engineered to drive outcomes for retailers.
0: Yeah, And so exactly. for our
2: retailers, it's been tremendously impactful. Um, it's driving traffic, it's driving sales, it's driving sentiment. So our, you know, the whole ecosystem has won through this product.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what I've always loved about what, kind of rewards on LTK have done is it, it's a real win-win for both parties and I think people used to be like but how can it be and it's like but it is um but really drilling down this moment so my brain's going to think okay so if you hadn't have spoken at South by Southwest if the guys hadn't have had the courage to run after you and give you their card on the crosswalk and just be like here da, 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 um do you ever think about you know, what happens if you hadn't have met them? Because I'm not saying, I don't think that app would have happened, but as you said, it's that app at that time that made it what it was. And do you ever think about, you know, what would have happened if you've not met those guys that day?
2: Gosh, you know what? I haven't ever reflected on that. I'm just, I'm just so grateful that we did. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a, there's so many things about business that are a moment in time. Um, mm-hmm. I've realized more and more over the years that you can have, um, these amazing plans But actually what's happening on the outside in the world um, is the most impactful thing to your success or failure. And so the timing of products and concepts and all of that is one of the most important things. And so I think that we got it out um, a year prior to um, certain social platforms, you know, being in front of Congress, testifying about privacy um, and changing really some of the ways that social media platforms function and the, and it mm-hmm. changed the way that social media platforms going forward thought about the way that they would collect and share information. Um, and that changed the business. And luckily we had been in market for a year with an app and had already had millions of users on the app exactly. by the time those things changes changed. And so I remember the day that all that changed, um, you know, the email went out, we prepared for this day. And it was like, this is now the way that it works and it's there and it's live and it's been ready for you. And, um, luckily we built the house next door before the other one burnt down.
0: Yeah. And you, the stars aligned because as you say, you weren't even thinking about it when they approached you and it's that spark that they lit in your head that then kind of all the time. I love that moment. Cause I really do think it's like a real essence of timing. Um, What do you think kind of, what are you most excited about that's kind of coming in the world of content creators? I mean, it's such an overloaded question because there's so much, but in terms of where you're at now with LTK and what you're building, what are you most excited for about this next kind of chapter of your journey?
2: Mm -hmm. You know, we're at a really exciting moment right now because what has just happened um, with this soft fake investment is hugely validating for every single creator. And what it says is, we believe in you and your skills, and that they're unique. And that when you combine them and you put them together on this platform, your future opportunity is massive. And that's mm-hmm. truly exactly what this investment means. They are investing in your opportunity is much larger than it is today. Exactly. And so I think for anyone who's starting out on a new career path or in a new profession, um, it's huge for them, even just socially. And when I say socially, even within their own families, to yeah. be able to look at your spouse and say, I have a real career or to look at your parents and say, what I'm doing is real or to look at your friends and say, this isn't a joke, is it? Um, and so I think that there's that moment of just like immediate circles. Um, and then just the way that, you know, current and future creators think about, The future, and I will say that while we feel like we're at this like sophisticated moment, we are so early um, in what's what's happening here. And so, from a technology perspective, the innovation just even, of course, even outside of um, our our business is it's happening so fast, Mm -hmm. but that means that there's so many amazing things that are available to us. I think we'll look back in two years and it'll be like, gosh, what a simple platform that was. Um, and then, you know, looking forward for every single creator to have a robust and meaningful storefront that actually is so, um, that is like marketing enabled, it's tech enabled, like best in class, world class, and things that are just fully automated that are helping yeah. their customers get to the right things, know when the sales drop, be able to get from the moment they see something to the moment it's in their homes, collapsing that time period. Like there's gonna be a huge transformation um, just in the sophistication of the tools for creators and for brands. And so I'm excited to you know get to fund that.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. And I, I, I love the way you describe it because it is so true. It's their own shop front and it's, you're enabling so many people to live the life that they want to live through content creation. And I'm guessing as well, like every, everything that you've been through, you must be so resilient to change because you can't not be. And I, do you think you've kind of learned that along the way that, you know, you can have a vision, you can have a plan, but actually you don't know what curveball is going to be thrown each way and you've got to adapt. I think one of the
2: scariest things for me now is if we're not changing fast enough. Mm-hmm. And I think about that all the time. And I know from a team perspective, change is one of the scariest things. It's one of the most upsetting things. It's most uncomfortable things. I am actually today most uncomfortable that we are not changing fast enough. And that's what I'm constantly thinking about. Those are the meetings that I'm putting on Baxter's calendars. Like, What <laughs> does this mean for us in five years and how are we building towards it today? And um, And so you start to learn to love it and be uncomfortable when it's not happening.
0: Yeah. Um, I totally agree. Oh, Amber, it's been so brilliant to chat to you. Honestly, you're such an inspiration. I'm so excited for where LTK is going to go. Um, and it's been brilliant just to hear about the moments and how you started LTK. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for coming on and being a guest.
2: Jenny, thanks for having me here. It's just been always amazing to work with you. And by the way, fantastic podcasting skills. I'm so proud to be on this podcast
0: with you. Oh, Thank you so much, Amber. Bye. Bye. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much.
1: Hold up.